Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Sir... Brad Blazer and I, I gotta ask you, Brad. First of all, I gotta thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited about this conversation. Um, you know, how about this first? You just want to introduce yourself, introduce yourself before I start asking you a million questions about your jet, right? Because you know, you know, I'm gonna bring that up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brad Blazer, I guess uh, for those of you that don't follow me or don't know me, I'm kind of known around the world as the uh, two billion dollar guy and i guess it's because i've raised over two billion dollars largely through my efforts but also with sales teams i put together while i've worked alongside some of the big real estate investment trusts or some of the big private equity firms out there but uh Corey and i got together and uh just kind of resonated and he said man i i do this great podcast would love you have that's right up my alley i mean i'm a syndicator we raise money and i uh, would love to add value to your community so here we are here we are, the $2 billion man. I don't think I've ever interviewed anybody that could say they were a $2 billion man, so that's pretty damn cool. So <laughs> you, you left out the fact that you're also a three, are you three, you're more than a three-time author? I know three, because I got three of the books right here, right? Yeah, no, look so, at that, man, I love it. Hold those books up again. Come on, let's the <laughs> Oh, there we go. So, so you see, I, I've already worn this one out over here. It's all bit yeah, up. Yeah, love it. No, and then we got good. here, this is the new one though, right? No, the other one, the winning of capital game is the new one. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So this is the new one. Tell us about this. What can we find in here? What can the audience find? Yeah. So, you know, my whole message really um, is largely as a coach. I always ask people like, man, what do you want to be doing with your life? And everybody has a desire to do more, right? They either want to start a business or they want to launch a company. And I'm like, well, great, Corey, man, that sounds fantastic. Like how long have you had this goal or this dream? Oh, I don't know, you know, three to five years. What man, like 
you've wasted three to five years dreaming about this big thing you want to do. Like what, what's holding you back? And like 99.9% of the time, it's not the fear. It's not the self-doubt. It's just that they don't have the money. And I'm like, don't you realize all the money you need to pretty much do anything in life you want is out there. It's called OPM, other people's money. And once you learn the secret of how to attract it and how to basically ask them to open up their checkbooks and write you a check, man, that dream or that goal you have now becomes a reality. So let me teach you how to do this because you know, I've been doing it for 35 years. I've got demonstrated capacity where I've raised a buttload and more importantly, have teached others how to do this too. So I just uh, love basically giving people this new superpower, teaching them how to uh, get in front of people, create that pipeline of activity. And then more importantly, just teach them what to say, how to close and how to rinse and repeat so they can go from one investor to three to 10 and eventually just, you know, build that investor network. That's so important when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a business owner. I, dude, I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, in as cliche as it sounds, I don't really give a damn if it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, you know, if you hang out with winners, you're going to wind up being a winner. If you want to yeah. hang out with losers, you're going to wind up being a loser. So I, let's just, I, I want to give you a quick scenario. Let's just say somebody came to you and they said, look, Brad, I've got a, I'm going to give you a real-time example that I just yeah, got well, yeah, let's do within, it. within seven days ago. He said, you know, I need about $600,000. I've got a thriving business, making money. I can't remember how much he made last year. I think it was $250,000, $350,000, somewhere in that area. He had his whole business plan laid out. And it makes complete sense, right? To me, what he's telling me, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then he said, but the bank wouldn't loan me the money. And I said, why not? Yeah. Is there something that you didn't tell me? He said, well... We were about we got about a 680 credit score each one of us. And he said we need about a 700 to get that loan and we don't really have any collateral. And so what would you say to a guy like that? Is there an option for a guy like that? Oh heck yeah, there's tons of options. I mean, you know, I tell people, look, you know, I was basically 21 year old kid going to school when I learned how to get on the phone and start talking to investors. Now, granted, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have Zoom. I don't know whether people had any idea that I was a 21-year-old punk kid, but basically after learning how to get on the phone, what to say, how to build trust, at the age of 23, I turned my back to school. I literally dropped out of college. I had never drilled an oil well. I never ran a multi-million dollar business. All I knew how to do was raise money. And so I printed up some letterhead, threw together some business cards, put a shingle on the door that said, hey, I'm now the CEO of an oil company. And I was like, holy crap, people are actually sending me checks. I mean, so I tell people, how could a 23-year-old punk kid who's a college dropout that never drilled an oil well build a multi-million dollar company with 35 employees with drilling projects in Texas Oklahoma, Louisiana. And while I was doing it, teach other people that joined my team to do it alongside me where they were making six figures. I'm like, you know, if you've got anything in the way of a track record, you know, where you can show a potential investor that you've got a team of other professionals around you that are going to help you get to become successful, then it's like lights out. You know, what I've learned over 35 years is, yeah, I mean, you got to have a good deal 
But at the end of the day, people aren't investing in the deal, man. They're investing in you. You know, it's the confidence. It's how you present yourself. It's basically what you say. It's the quality of your materials, your pitch deck, your business card. You know, do you have a website? Yada, da. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is building trust and building a relationship with another person. And the biggest rookie mistake I see people make all the time is they got a deal, they got to raise money. And so like on the first or second call with someone, man, they're already pitching, you know, and I'm like, dude, you're pitching the deal before there's ever any trust established with this other person. Now they're going to be polite and they're probably going to ask you to send them the stuff. But when it comes time to open the checkbook, fat chance in hell that they're going to write you a check because you haven't invested time on the front end to get that trust meter up where it needs to be. And that's really all it boils down to. Dude, you're, look, that makes, of course, that makes complete sense to me. But you know something I realized when you were just saying that is that I wonder, you know, think about the younger generation. Like they literally, the people that are younger than you or, or me, the phone is foreign to them. It's just a yeah. device that they could text on. They don't understand, people, it's almost like they don't understand that the phone dials. And here's the crazy part, Brad. <laughs> Like people answer the phone now because there are so many people don't call. It's yeah. a pretty good. It's a pretty good angle. It really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean you know, and this whole concept or this key principle that I've developed, we call it the trust sequence. Um, it's basically six things or six steps that need to happen and kind of work one after the other, and that's how you build trust. But it's one of the key fundamental building blocks in our program. And I tell people, once you understand this, like the first thing is perception. When you meet somebody, man, in the first 30 seconds, they're sizing you up. How do you shake their hand? You know, what does your business card look like? How do you dress? So the first thing is perception. And, you know, I tell ladies, you ladies get this shit a lot better than us guys do because the first time a guy picks you up on a date, you're asking yourself, is there ever going to be a second date with this dude, right? So, you know, it's all about going to that next step. After that, the second step, we call that temptation. Your job in raising money is to ask questions. You know, Corey, when you invest, are you looking for income or are you looking for growth? Maybe he's looking for both. How important are tax benefits to you? Are you looking to put this money to work to do something special with it, like put your kids through school or buy a second house like a vacation property, all those answers, man, they're going to give you the key to unlock the door so that you can now tailor your pitch right across home plate because the guy basically told you exactly what he's looking for, what he likes to invest in. You know, and then you get to the emotional connection after you tell the person, look, right now I don't have anything I can offer to you, yada, da. You basically ask a very important phrase. We call it the validation phrase. And what this does is it literally tees you up for success because the investor is going to say, yes, I trust you enough now to come back the next time and share with me an investment opportunity or something that you feel I can get excited about. And from there, man, boom, it's all downhill if you do it right. But you see, if you mess up on any of these first steps, you're going to stub your toe yeah, you might get lucky every now and then, but you're going to flounder and you're going to fail where it could be so much easier if somebody that's done this for 35 years and raised a buttload of money like me sits down and says, here's the steps. Here's the concepts. Let's rehearse. Let's role play. 
And then, man, you get on the phone or you get on a couple of Zooms and you're like, man, this, this actually works. You know, I'm getting checks in the mail or I'm getting money wired to a bank account that I set up for my business. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course it works. And here's the funny thing. People don't realize this, but like the wealthiest people in the world, like Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, right? Their companies have all been built on other people's money. What do you think the stock market is, man? Elon Musk, who owns Tesla and SpaceX, he only owns 17% of Tesla. Who owns the other 83? Investors. So you see, once you learn this concept of using other people's money, which in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Kiyosaki says is like one of the key principles of building wealth, man, you can scale a business to literally tens of millions, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars just based on your own personal limitations and how grandiose or how big or how much time you got. And it's just a matter of, you know, picking up checks. Attention contractors of the Successful Life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. I mean, that makes complete sense. I do I do have a question, though. Is there, um, and this is just a really personal question, is there, is there, what, what's the time frame or is there a time frame between the trust is built, right? We've gone through all the four steps, the trust is built. And you say to me, Corey, um, I'm ready. You know, when you get a good deal, when you get an investment that you think going to work for me, let me know. Right. So now I'm sales guys. So I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready to really throw an investment his way because I want him, right. I'm ready to do business. How long do you wait? Because obviously you don't call him the next day with an investment. Yeah. So how long do you wait? Usually, um, you know, the, the time frame or the horizon between calls, usually about seven to 10 days. And so in this, what I call um, coaching or mentorship, we use something called the four-step blueprint. Think of the first two calls that you make to a potential investor as basically just building that trust, adding value, educating them. You're not pitching. You're not selling anything. You're just really getting to know them. You're allowing them to get to know you. But at the end of that second call, that's when we ask the validation phrase. And basically at the end of that second call, they're going to say, yeah, you know, if you have an opening on something at a later date, I'd love you to call me back and share it with me. About seven to 10 days later, there's the third call. This is when you're calling the person back and say, you know, hey, I got a deal or I got a great opportunity for you to invest alongside me. Then you send them everything that you need to send them, your pitch deck, the offering memorandum. And then usually, you know, seven to 10 days later, you're calling back to answer any questions and basically close. So if you figure over the course of four calls, right, each one about seven to 10 days apart, it's not like we're looking at three to six months to get your first investor. We're literally looking at, you know, anywhere from four to five weeks. And I tell people, once you have your collateral materials together that you need, and then you start putting that out in front of people from zero to 60, man, it's like four to six weeks for you to start getting those checks in the door. And then once you get one, you rinse and repeat the process. Now you get three, then you scale to 10. And before you know it, you've got this nice database the people that are your investor network. Now, when you need to raise money, 
it's real simple. You just blast out an email to your network. You say, hey, we got another deal. Some will, some won't, so what? But those that will, you follow up. Because what you find is a lot of these investors have so much discretionary income or so much net worth that they'll test the waters with you on the first deal to get to know you. Here's a hundred grand. Okay. But then when you prove your self-worth and you prove that you're the real deal and you can deliver, the next check might be for 250, you know, maybe 500, because now there's that mutual trust. Now they realize I can open up the checkbook with Corey because he's proven his abilities. And now, by the way, let me introduce you to my buddies. I go golfing with Joe. Joe's richer than I am. So the propensity to raise money and scale simply accelerates over time because now if you're good at seeking and asking for referrals, you'll get them. See, now it's not me telling you how great I am. It's Corey telling you how great I am. And that's a whole different conversation. But that's a good one, boy. I'm glad you brought that up. Because, look, it. I would much rather hear from you that I need to go work with uh, Daniel than I would Daniel tell me I need to go work with Daniel. You got 100%. it. 100%. Yep. It works like, yeah, it's great. Yep. You know, it's kind of like if you, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a news article, right? If you have a, an article written about you, it's it's like a, yep. it's kind of like a, a billboard or almost like an advertisement, truthfully. Yep. So, uh, you know, when you have somebody that's, uh, you know, I don't know if there's too many people that are worthy thing in the news right now, but perception, you know, perceptionally, I would imagine, I don't know if, they, oh, if that's a word, but some people believe the news still works, right? So yeah. if somebody on the news validates and you trust the people on the news, it's the same scenario, right? Exactly. It's, exactly. it's marketing. It's, it's why people get, it's why influencers work, right? Exactly. That's exactly why they work. Yeah, I mean, I have a term for it. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons that I think we've been wildly successful, not just in building our brand globally, which is Capital School, where today, you know, we got students literally around the world, Australia, New Zealand, England, Canada, here, Finland, Brazil, uh, but also just in the raising of money. It's what I call becoming a person of interest. Once you understand how to leverage social media and get yourself out there with content on Facebook and Instagram and you know, LinkedIn, and then you get a couple of news articles, or maybe you are a contributing editor where you send something into a magazine and you say, hey, you know, I can write about multifamily or I can write about this. Man, that's all you need, because now when you go out to potential investors, you can say, hey, by the way, I don't know if you've seen this before, but here's an article that I published in XYZ magazine. Now your credibility score goes way through the roof. I mean, you know, I never realized this when I set up on the journey to become an author, but writing books gives you so much credibility as an author. Once you say you're a published author, not just with one book, but now with three, man, like, you know, your credibility goes through the roof. People hire me and they pay me insane amounts of money to come in and speak in front of their corporations or, you know, train their leaders and managers. Why? It's because I got a book, dude. And so, you know, when you think about raising money, and being a syndicator, the more visibility you can get, whether it's in the press, whether it's being interviewed on a radio show or appearing on TV, it just makes it that much easier to ultimately get people to commit. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent it does. And, and, and I love that, but here's what's, here's, what's crazy. Um, the, you built the authority, 
right? You I mean, the books. books. You you wrote the books, right? You wrote the books. Nobody else wrote them. So you know, it, like it. That's pretty cool that you can produce something like this. And then what is it? Then it literally gives you so much authority in your space that nobody can touch you, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I tell people this all the time because I get calls like, hey, you know, I'm considering signing up for so-and-so's course. Oh, okay, great. You know, I know who he is. I follow him. Like, why should I sign up with you? Well, um, you know, he's raised 50 million. I've raised 2 billion. Does that answer your question? <laughs> you know, okay, let me go get my checkbook. But it's not just that. It's that when you look at raising money, Yes, you can raise it from what I call retail investors. You know, those are the doctors, the entrepreneurs, the people that make a good living. But then at some point after you get successful with that, you're like, how do I raise more? Well, you need to start talking to people that can write you a bigger check. Well, who's that? Well, those are family offices. Those are, you know, the advisory firms. Uh, those are getting into broker dealers where now you have an army of financial planners every day raising money for you because you've now got your deal approved in their system. And so imagine, you know, you go to a small broker dealer that's got four, five, six hundred financial advisors across the United States and you're able to get your fund or your deal in their system. Now, every time one of those financial advisors is sitting down with a prospective client and they're saying, well, you know, other than your house, you don't have any real estate that you own. My recommendation is we increase the allocation in your portfolio to include some more real estate. My firm, XYZ Broker Dealer, has done due diligence on this company. They've approved the offering, and I think you should put $100,000 into this multifamily project. Great. Now you're getting checks from people you don't know. Now you get other people doing your work for you. I mean, that's how some of these companies that I've worked with and have consulted are able to raise, you know, 300 million a year, or in some of the bigger cases, 600, 800 million a year. And when you understand in real estate, the leverage where all you're doing is you're putting up 20%, 25% of the equity, and you're borrowing the other 80, 85% from Fannie Mae or whomever, you know, you four or five X that, you know, now you're buying $2 billion a year in real estate. I mean, my God, like, People don't understand, you know, let me teach you just how to raise $10 million. Now you can go out and buy 40 to $50 million in real estate. You do that for four or five years, man, you've created generational wealth, you know? Man. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. But I think where do people get stuck in the process and you're, because yeah. the reason I ask this is because I have my process, my sales CEO syndicate, we have, you know, nine steps that we go through and so on and so forth, the whole deal. Mm -hmm. So where do people... Where is, in your four steps, where do people get jammed up? They don't get jammed up in the steps. They get jammed up because they don't even get started. <laughs> I mean, that, that's Great what answer. it boils down to. Come on. I mean, you know, I think so many people have just the fear or the hesitancy because, you know, yes, you will get rejected. Yes, you will get the I'm not interested. Yes, you will get people to say, you know, not now. But if you're dedicated to really learn how to do this and you carve out whatever, an hour and a half, two hours, three days a week, you make the phone calls, you do the follow-up, you will be successful at this. It's like almost guaranteed. I mean, I could train a monkey to do this. It's not rocket science. The reason most people flounder or don't have success, Corey, 
It's not because of the system or not understanding. It's just that they never even get started. They're scared. They have that res that, that self-doubt, the limiting belief, you know, whatever you call it. But at the end of the day, if you're willing to create that motion of activity and start providing the outreach and then the follow-up and you have, you know, some decent looking material, you will ultimately be successful. I think that if people do make that leap and then they do start the process where most people fall off the bus or most people basically flounder is they don't have a system. It's like they'll make the first call. They'll send out the stuff to the person. The person is a potential investor, but then they don't follow up. Like they don't have a CRM system or they don't have a way to track that activity. And so what's the use of sending somebody a pitch deck or some corporate literature and getting them interested in what the offer is if you're never going to follow up? So you definitely need these systems in place. You know, whether you use an Excel spreadsheet, I don't care whether you use a CRM, I don't care whether you use a three by five card filing system, but you got to have the systems in place. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're just letting opportunities literally just fall by the wayside. You know, if you've got a system where first call, yeah, you know, send me some material. Great. You want me to send it by email or you want me to physically put it in the USPS and you know, either way, okay, so you send it, boom, seven, eight to 10 days later on the phone following up, hey, did you get it? Great. Don't have anything to offer to you today. Just wanted to ask you some more questions, get to know you. Yes, the validation phrase, seven, eight days later, there's the pitch. It works. And the thing that I've learned over, you know, 35 years is it works if you work. The problem is most people don't want to work. And unfortunately, money just doesn't appear at your front door in a wheelbarrow. Damn it. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And that's why I asked, Brad. That's really why I asked, because it is getting started. It's people it's getting started. I mean, shit, everybody wants six-pack abs, but most people don't have them. Why? Because most people don't want to invest the time. They don't want to go to the gym. They wish there was a magic potion or a pill they could pop to get six-packs, but it don't happen that way. You know, and you got to realize that this is like any other skill. You know, it's like just read the manuals that are in our, you know, in our curriculum, watch the videos, come on to the weekly calls, come to the boot camps we do. I'm doing another boot camp in two weeks, April the 8th, the 9th. If you want to come to Houston and learn how to do this and spend two days with me and my team, we do a deep dive and I teach you literally everything I know on how to raise capital. So we got lots of resources at people's disposals, but I think the real reason is just people don't know, don't want to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird to me because I, you know, I don't literally, I don't know that I, I don't know what I do with myself if I didn't work, I, but I love what I do. So yeah. I, I, it's bizarre, but I will say that, you know, with, with people in, in my program, you're right. It's, they just, they won't rip the bandaid off. They won't start because of fear, because of all the untrue stories that we tell ourselves about whatever the outcome is going to be. And we have literally nothing to compare that to. We don't yeah. You know, we're, we don't have a measuring stick. We're just comparing it to whatever we think, which is not true. You can't correct. believe everything you think, you know, you can't. You're exactly 100% correct. Yep. So tell us about this boot camp. Tell us, so it's two days. It's in Houston and yep. uh, people can join, can come down. Tell us about it. Yeah. So um, we do about six to eight boot camps a year. Um, and 
they're you know very intense they're designed basically to teach people that want to come how to attract how to basically present how to put together your million dollar pitch deck and then ultimately how to close uh high net worth uh investors and like i said you know we basically go through about you know 35 years of my background everything i know is delivered to you over the course of two days so when you leave, you've got a strategy, you've got a plan, you know what a million dollar pitch deck looks like, you know, the next steps that you need to take to go out and start building that pipeline of activity. And the great thing about it is, yes, you know, you can certainly enroll in our coaching community, which is we call it Capital School, where, you know, 12 modules online, 24 hours a day, seven day a week access combined with weekly coaching calls and, you know, the Facebook community. And that's great. But if you really want to just say, man, I just want to come and number one, meet you, shake your hand and really learn from you in a close knit setting. We limit the size of the group to about 10 to 12 people. We don't want it to be a big, huge uh, group. We want to give individuals uh, one on one attention. But um, it's April the 8th and 9th here in Houston. Really great place in a really cool part of town. And, um, you know, we get started and we go through, you know, basically the PDFs, the workbooks. Everybody gets a copy of my book. Uh, we take a lot of pictures. And uh, the great thing about these boot camps is it's just like going to a Cardone event or any of these big events. It's the network of people you meet while you're there. And a lot of people overlook the importance and basically the powerful thing that comes out of making connections it's why I go to so many events a year. And more importantly, when I go, I like to sit in the first or second row. Why? Because that's where the power plays are. That's where the people you want to meet are. You know, you want to be in the nosebleed section where the guy basically had to go through his piggy bank to dump out the nickels and the dimes to buy his ticket, or you want to sit there in the front row, go to these events. Why? Because the power of those connections. And so at the boot camps, man, we got a lot of seven, eight figure earners that are entrepreneurs that really just want to learn how to raise money so they can scale their business to another level or basically just, uh, you know, buy another business as a strategic acquisition. So if you're interested, the best way to learn about it basically is uh, just go to my website or just uh, click in the email. It's uh, Brad Blazar, B-L-A-Z-A-R. There's no E's in my last name. Dot com, and then just put the forward slash bootcamp. www.bradblazar.com. Boom slash bootcamp, and they'll take you right to the page. Uh, space is limited because we already have about eight to nine people that have committed. And like I said, we like to keep this group real small. Uh, but like I said, you know, we do them throughout the year. And uh, if you want to come, go ahead and commit. And if you can't make it to this one, we just credit you to the next one. The next one's in June. And uh, like I said, you get on our mailing list. You'll find out what we do. You find out the events we'll be speaking at. And, um, you know, we just want to help people learn how to attract and raise money. That's what it's all about. That's super cool. Well, all that stuff will be in the show notes. But I want to pivot away. This has been such a great conversation. But I want to pivot away for just a quick second because, yeah. you know, I'm just fascinated with the fact that you – flew in a freaking jet. So I just want you to like help, help me understand like what was going through your mind when that damn jet was about to take off. Now you're talking about the fighter jet, I would assume. Yes. <laughs> I've, flown on, I've flown on private jets like Citations and Gulf Streams. You're talking about the fighter jet. Yes. The rocket, the rocket. <laughs> yeah. so, um, 
So how that came to be is uh, last year I was going to a big event down in uh, Miami. Floyd Mayweather was going to be there as a speaker. Uh, Brandon Dawson, of course, Grant Cardone's business partner at 10X GrowthCon. Uh, you know, Rich the Kid, big time hip hop artist. You know, he's working with guys like Kanye and Snoop Dogg. So, you know, great A-list panel. I was one of the speakers there as well. And so I just basically said to my wife, I mean, shit, man, I'm meeting Floyd money making way weather, man. Like I got to show up in style. I'm going to fly down there on a private jet. And she's like, you're going to do what? I'm going to like, I'm going to charter a jet, man. I'm not going to go on Southwestern. I'm going to fly on a private jet, like a citation three. So I started calling around and I'm like, shit, $30,000 to fly private from here to Miami. But I finally found a charter company here in Houston that had a beautiful citation three, uh, 24,000, 25,000 bucks. And I'm like, well, why don't I go and use my social media? We talked about becoming a person of interest and see if anybody wants to buy a seat on the plane. So I called the host and the organizer of the event, negotiated a great deal on the tickets where I could offer people a package and say, hey, you're going to get VIP front row seats at this event, pictures with Floyd and Rich the Kid and, you know, get to meet and hang out with Brandon Dawson, all these speakers. And oh, by the way, you're going on a private jet, a Citation 3. And I had people like immediately raising their hands. Oh, count me in, man. I'm definitely there. And so we sold all the other seats. Uh, basically, I flew for free. But the pilot that was on that jet is a former fighter pilot. And we started talking. And uh, he mentioned that he actually owns a fighter plane. And I'm like, like, how do you own a fighter plane? Like, like an F-18? He's like, no, it's called an L-39. It's basically a two-seater, but it's used a lot in training by, you know, major militaries around the world. It's literally a fighter jet. And I'm like, dude, like, can I go up? He's like, yeah. So we stayed in touch. And, um, you know, one day he just reached out to me and said, hey, I'm going out this weekend if you have some time. And I'm like, dude, I'll make the time. And so uh, met him at the airport. And, uh, you know, he basically sat me down for about an hour and showed me, quote, all the safety things that you need to be aware of, you know, God forbid the plane catches on fire, you know, how to release yourself where the canopy pops and the ejection seat uh, comes out. But, you know, I was a little nervous. Uh, you know, my wife definitely asked before we went up if our insurance was in the forest. And, uh, you know, I said yes. But uh, the cool thing is he said today we'll do basically everything you saw them do in Top Gun and more. And uh, he showed me with a little kind of a mock jet in the office, you know, what we were going to do that barrel rolls, the Immelman rolls, the figure eights, the scissors. And then we went up and I was like, whoa, this is a lot different than being in a commercial plane. I mean, literally we came off the runway and pretty much just went straight up like a rocket and, uh, you know, peaked out, I don't know, 30 some thousand feet, flew out to the Gulf of Mexico and what they call the clear zone. And then he's like, you ready? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> and uh, we just had fun. We, uh, we played and uh, we did bunch of aerobatic uh, fighter maneuvers. He let me actually take the stick and fly the jet for a couple minutes, which was really probably the coolest part of the trip was just to actually fly the plane. But uh, that day we pulled six and a half G's. Did not pass out. Knock on wood. I did exactly what he told me to do, but uh, you know, I could definitely see my line of sight start to narrow and uh, did exactly what he said to do, which is basically grab your thighs and squeeze your butt cheeks because it forces the blood back to your heart. But after we were done, as we were flying back, it's like, dude, man, I'm so impressed. Most people black out at about three and a half to four Gs. He said, you pulled a little over 6.3 Gs today. And I'm like, what? So yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. 
I can't even I can't even imagine yeah. like the 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 adrenaline that you must have been feeling after oh, that. Dude, That's crazy. If you ever get a chance to go up in a fighter jet, you either you have to pay for it in Vegas. You know they got the MIGs and stuff like that. Uh, it is an experience of a lifetime. It's literally something that every human being, every person should hopefully have the ability to do at some point in their life. Uh, because it's always been on my bucket list. And uh, now I can cross it off and say, you know, did it, got the video, um, got all the cool stuff from it. And um, I'll send you a link. We have the video on Vimeo. That way, as you put together the show notes, maybe you can include a link to the Vimeo video where your listeners can actually watch that video, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. Definitely, uh, you know, little, little nerve wracking as you're going upside down inverted and you're seeing the whole world at a completely different perspective pulling four or five g's but um you know if you really just have the desire to do something big in life and have the desire to experience something like that uh, i urge everybody to do it yeah i mean you know look and look i could tie this right back to fear because i mean you had to have a little bit of fear going up into that thing but at the end of the day mentally you knew that this was going to be fine. Like you just, and that's, it's a part about visualization. People think maybe that's woo woo shit, but it's just, it's really not like you can visualize what's going to about to happen. Sales is a great example of that. If you visualize that phone call to that investor and whatever, whatever sequence you're in and how that call is going to go, the likeliness of it going that way is probably pretty good. Exactly. Now, you know what I mean? So, but if you show up unprepared, it's likely going to go sideways. Exactly. Because, you know, it's it's you know it's like a lot of the big sales and motivational trainers say. You know, life's a self fulfilling prophecy. If you get into the meeting or you get on the phone with the expectation of something positive happening, as a result, ninety percent of the time it will. But if you're apprehensive, if you're cowardice, uh, you know, you're lacking in that self confidence, and you go into that meeting or you get on the phone, more than likely you're not going to close more than likely you're not going to get any significant amount of capital raised. And so, you know, you got to have the confidence. You just got to be assumptive. And in sales, having that assumptive attitude is so very important uh, because at the end of the day, what I teach people is when you're working off an investor list or if you do a webinar and you have people sign up and now you got their names, their emails, their phone numbers, and you're following up, you know, expect that you will get a lot of I'm not interested. I mean, that's like human nature. And I equate it to, you know, anytime you go into a store and the clerk walks up to you and says, hi, my name's Sam. Can I help you today? What is your like programmed response? No, thank you. I'm just here looking. I mean, we say that automatically, but we're not there just looking. We're there for a reason. We're obviously in a store. What, what are you looking for? You're there looking for a suit or you're looking for a new pair of slacks. And then eventually after a couple minutes, they come back, they help you. You go to the cash register, you walk out and you buy something. Raising money is largely the same way. And if you expect their response that I'm not interested from a potential investor and you've been trained properly to expect that and then to respond Literally, you can break down those barriers and get somebody that says, I'm not interested to stay on the phone with you. And I've seen people literally that start with that, that then spend 20, 30, 40 minutes with me because I immediately have trained myself to stick my foot in the door and say, wait, before you go or hang up, can I ask you a question? 
the fact you said you weren't interested, is it because maybe you invested in something similar to this before and it didn't work out the way you expected it to? And they're going to answer. And then you fire right back again. Well, you know, I'm not calling to offer you anything today. I just wanted to see if this is something of interest to you. Can I send you some information in the mail? Yeah, that's fine. Great. Again, you know, my name is Brad Blazer. But then you start peeling back the layers of the onion saying, you know, when you invest, are you looking for growth or income? And then you start just asking the questions. And what you'll find is the more you disarm that person, they forget that they said they weren't interested like five minutes ago. And now you're having an engaging, wonderful conversation, just like the clerk at the store that leaves you alone or comes back with the response because they've been properly trained by a closer that understands sales psychology and how our mind works. And once you understand those things, you realize that that not interested doesn't mean he's not interested. It's just the natural human response that we've been ingrained to say to protect ourselves. But in reality, he is. Let's face it. Everybody out there wants to make money. Everybody out there wants to reduce their taxes. Everybody out there is looking for capital appreciation. And so if you understand that you've got this wonderful investment opportunity to offer people, it's like you're almost doing them a disgrace by not bringing it to their attention, right? It's like, dude, I got something here that can make you some real money, lower your taxes, you know, help you put your kids through school, whatever. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for 10, 15 years. Here's my track record. Like, why would you not want to share that with the world, right? And once you shift your mind to that thought process where you're really doing people a disservice by not bringing this great investment to their attention, then your mentality and the approach you take shifts. And that's usually where I see people kind of have what I call that aha moment. They do it for a while. They have that self-doubt and that fear. And then they get to a point after they've raised a certain amount of money where it's like their confidence level just goes through the roof. It's like that confidence meters over here. And it's like, boom, I raised two million. This works. And now I see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like the sky's the limit, you know. And, and when I have conversations, I'm like, well, great. Can you see yourself raising 50 million? Yeah, because now I know I can teach other people like you taught me how to do this too. And I can build a team around me and really scale this thing. I yeah. love that. Dude. Yeah, that, that that's inc- yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. You said it. Every, I mean, everything you said is is you know exactly. It's it's sales, right? It, at the end of the it day, is. everything sales. I don't everything care what it is. Sales. I mean, shit. You everything. go to the doctor, dude. You know, let's say you know you go to the dermatologist, like I did. He sees a mole that's suspicious. We got to do a biopsy. Okay, great. It comes back. You know, you got melanoma. Now you got to go out and talk to four or five doctors, like which one's going to do the procedure? They're all set. I went over here to this school and we're going to do it a little differently. Than, and, and you're sitting there going like listening to all these guys at the end of the day, what they're selling their skills as a doctor or as a surgeon. So we're all in sales in some form or fashion. Uh, it just really depends on the industry you're in in what it is you're trying to accomplish. You know, I happen to be in real estate as well as teach people how to raise capital through our coaching and mentoring program. But at the end of the day, we're all in sales. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing that you, you mentioned a moment ago, you said, well, when they get, let's just call it that $2 million. When they hit that two, first $2 million, something kind of converts. But really mm-hmm. what I think that is, is, Lots of times we just need a win. We need one good win and then everything opens up because as you mentioned, it's possible now. We see it. Right. Yeah. I agree. And that, 
that big win is, is, I believe, is really important when you start working. Well, for me, when I work with, you know, I consult and I coach, um, and I try to get a win immediately yeah. for each one of my clients because I feel like, well, that, that process works for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I can say, you know. Exactly. I, totally agree. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So, so, um, so Brad, you've got, you got the boot camp going, you've got your, um, and you're still doing, you do your, your, your online. Now, is that something that you come online and you teach inside of that group or is it, uh, or is it inside of like a Facebook group? Can you break that down yeah. for me? The whole, okay. So, so basically, um, what we have found over time is that people basically, um, assimilate and digest information differently. Some people need to read it. Some people need to hear it. Some people need to feel it with their hands because we take in information through our multiple senses. And so, um, our mentoring and coaching is basically delivered through three mediums. Number one is there is an online platform. So all of the modules, roughly 12 modules, 12 lessons with about, she's, I don't know, 20, 25 hours of content. Uh, are delivered there. You have access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's lifetime access. So you get access to that for the rest of your life. And in there, we got things like, you know, videos, uh, PDFs, templates, workbooks, examples of what pitch decks look like, uh, examples of what an offer memorandum is. And we go through everything, how to attract the investor, how to put together your pitch deck, you know, talk about crowdfunding platforms, everything. The second is you get access to our private members-only Facebook community. Um, think of it like your mastermind group. It's a group of like-minded entrepreneurs all around the world, different countries. But this is where we communicate. This is where we're sharing our successes. This is where all of the training that's done weekly is available for replay if you miss one of the live weekly training calls. And then every Thursday, every week, we do a live weekly coaching call where you get access to the coaching community. You dial in through Zoom. We're role playing, I'm coaching on one concept or one key principle. Many times I bring on guest speakers that are sharing their successes. So you're learning from others what's working for them. And, you know, I tell people if you have to miss any one of those weekly calls, don't lose sleep on it because they're all recorded and they're all available instantaneously inside that Facebook community. So you can go back and watch the replay at your leisure so you don't ever miss anything. And all of that basically is wrapped up. We put a nice little silver bow on it, and we give people basically three different ways uh, how they can sign up and enroll. You can pay up front. You get a discount. You can finance it over two or three months. And, um, you know, we'd love to help your students or anybody that's part of your network learn how to do this. We've got students literally that have been, you know, out there now. have this. Uh, One of my guys in Vegas, Nicholas, he's probably been in our community for maybe five months. He's raised almost $6 million. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that, that, that's super. Now I think you're, um, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but your, your, your online stuff is, or the, yeah, the online stuff is through light speed, right? Right. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, so, no, no, so let me, let me take that back light speed and also click funnels. Yeah. So uh, we do have a good relationship with Brad. Uh, love the guy been on his podcast. Uh, you cannot get on dropping bombs without walking out Brad's door, stroking a check for five, ten, twenty thousand, because they will close you while you're there to use their platform. But uh, with that being said, uh, Lightspeed, we have some of our stuff, and then also on a ClickFunnels, uh, which is where we host a large number of it as well. Um, but it's really just providing that accessibility so that students and people that want to learn have access to it when they want it. 
not when we deliver. And I think that's the big difference. You know, people work odd hours. Some people just don't have the time, but they want to sit down after dinner where they can go to their computer. They can log on with their user profile and get into one of the lessons or one of the core modules and just, you know, watch the video instruction, download the PDF or the workbook and really just learn at their own pace. And then when you combine that with the weekly in-person coaching calls, it starts to gel and come together. And then it's just largely taking action, putting it to work. Well, the, you know, the reason I bring up the that you've got the, the online stuff on LifeSpeed is because his platform is so far superior, I believe. And I, maybe I'm biased because I like the guy, but I do think it's such a cool platform. And I think it's really great how it's interactive. And it's just, he's so, he's close. In my opinion, he's way farther, further ahead than most. Of course, he did kind of start this whole online yeah. platform deal. Yeah. So. Um, it's really cool, though. It's really interactive. It's really cool. And I think for people like me, I need that. Mm -hmm. I, I need I need that. I need that kind of platform because that's how I learn. I'm a, yep. I'm a kinesthetic learner. So, right. You know. Well, what credit card do you want to put it on today, Corey? We'll sign you up. <laughs> that's yeah. right. and, now, and that's what he would have said, wasn't it? <laughs> sign you up today. Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, listen, Brad, man, this has been such a great conversation um, I do want to end this by asking you, since I didn't put it on here, mm -hmm. why? how did you get the name Sir Brad Blazer? Well, I've been royally knighted, so uh, it comes with the honor of being recognized uh, for philanthropy and for uh, entrepreneurship. Um, I was contacted last year by somebody that had the pleasure of being knighted in a ceremony alongside Tony Braxton and... Uh, Paula Abdul, and um, he reached out to me and said, you know, I came to your event and been real impressed. Uh, he said, do you want to be knighted? And I'm like, like, Sir Branson, Elton John, Anthony Hopkins, like real knighthood? He's like, yeah, this is not the fraternal bullshit like Knights of Columbus or Freemasons. This is a real royal honor where there's a prince and it's recognized in the European court system. And, you know, we need your passport and all that kind of cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dude, sign me up. So uh, this year, back in February, uh, myself alongside 23 other uh, very recognized, notable entrepreneurs uh, all got together. The prince came over from um, Spain and uh, provided basically uh, the 24 of us with the honor of being royally knighted. And uh, going forward, I'm able to carry that title just like anybody else that is recognized and knighted. So that's how I got the name Sir Brad Blazer. That's so cool, dude. It really is. Like, I mean, I don't know why I think that's so cool, but I think it's pretty cool. Well, I tell people, you know, it's a big honor. Of course, it's recognition. Uh, it's cool. You know, paparazzi was there and, uh, you know, the Marines were there, the color guards. They opened the ceremony with the flags. And then, of course, we had the Scottish Royal Bagpipers there as well. But the coolest thing by far, man, is getting to keep the sword. <laughs> Oh, man. Is, is there a place where we can watch this? Do you have this on video somewhere? Um, yeah, I do. Matter of fact, if you go to my uh, Instagram and also Facebook, I think the post that we put up there, which is a new speaker reel, uh, has a couple of images there uh, of the ceremony uh, where it says Sir Brad and it shows me going up there and, you know, getting on the knee. And, of course, the prince uh, bopping me on the shoulders with the sword as he basically recites the, the, uh, the ceremony. Um, and then the cool thing is, you know, you turn around and you're presented as a knight where you have the robe, you have the royal cross, and then, of course, you have the sword. And, um, you know, the funny thing is about three weeks before this big event, I'm sitting there and I reached out to the organizers and I'm like, do we and the other knights like get swords? Yes. 
And I went to my wife, like, how in the hell am I going to get this big sword back on the airplane? <laughs> like, you just don't show up at TSA with a sword and say, hey, I'm a knight. You know, they're not going to care about. So I'm thinking like, and so I go online and I look for sword bags and they sell padded nylon bags for, you know, martial artists. And so I bought one of those and I sent it out to the host. And I said, you know, let the other knights know that I found this online and I get an email back it's not long enough. The blade on your sword is 48 inches. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I'm thinking like how finally it dawned on me, I'm going to go buy a rifle case. And so I went to, um, you know, Academy and spent some money and bought a big old rifle case that's padded on the inside, got the lock and everything. And so um, that's what they did is they basically got all of us a, a nice rifle case to take our swords back on the plane as we travel back home. And uh, I got it hanging on the wall back here behind me in the office. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, dude. That is that's really cool. I mean, I, I guess I can't imagine. I'm sure that experience was amazing. Well, Brad, look, I just want can you tell everybody before we're gonna wrap up, just tell everybody where they can find you. Yep. Tell them you've already told them your your uh, website, but tell them whatever you would like to tell them. Sure. Uh, so before you know, we wrap the easiest up. way to find me is uh, my name, you know, Brad Blazar. There's only one of me. I do unfortunately have some fake imposters on Instagram, but it's just my first and last name, Brad Blazar. If anybody approaches you trying to sell you crypto or they got anything funny going on with a line after the name, it ain't me. <laughs> um, so just go to Instagram. It's, you know, at Brad Blazar, B-L-A-Z-A-R. Uh, same thing. My website is just www.bradblazar.com. Send us a DM. Send me an a, a email. We'll send you information on our coaching, on our boot camps. Uh, if you go to Amazon and you want to buy any one of my books, as you saw, Corey's got all three. Um, just in the search field, uh, put my name, Brad Blazar, and all three of the books will pop up for you. Um, you know, if you want them autographed, just don't buy them on Amazon. Buy them through my website, and we'll autograph them. We'll personalize them and send them out to you that way. But I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh we're just here, you know, to add value. If you also are interested in investing alongside us in our multifamily projects, uh, we're just now launching fund number two. Uh, it's 25 million. We'll end up owning about a hundred million dollars in real estate there. Again, just reach out and say, you know, send me some information on what you're doing on the real estate side and we'll start having that conversation as well. So just great to be here with you, Corey, and always a pleasure to show up on people's podcasts and people's shows. I appreciate you, brother. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.